You are so loving. You cannot be, you cannot outgive you. I give and you give back, and I give and you give back. It's so amazing. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways, all the way down to small, everyday things. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. Um, This week we have Doris Bevins with us, and um, you guys will remember her from the Valentine's episode where her and Bob shared about their marriage. Um, So let's just start off with a prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, please send your Holy Spirit to be with us as we record this episode. Um, Please just give us the words to speak that will bring glory to your name and that will teach the listeners about who you are. Um, Amen. Mm. All right, Doris, where are you from? Okay, I was born and raised in Spokane, Washington. I am from Clarkston, Washington at this time. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you live now. Yeah. Yep. So you've been in the Lewiston, Clarkston area for quite a long time, too. 40, 40 years. Oh, over wow. 40 years, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. You've been here all of my life then mm-hmm. and for as long as I can remember. All right. And so then what about your religious background? Okay, <clears throat> My folks were both backslidden Adventists when I was born. My dad's father was an Adventist preacher. In fact, he was a conference president. Oh, wow. But my dad, being a PK, just uh, went kind of astray and did some bad things. And so anyway, he met and married my mom at Union College. And they they just uh, were backslidden, both of them. Neither, neither of them went to church. They didn't talk about God. And when we were born, I didn't know about God. I had never been to Sabbath school. I didn't know anything about Jesus. Um, and I, I was five years old. I remember this. My father's sister was married to an Adventist pastor, and they were missionaries in Bolivia, South America. They had a, a little girl my age, and they hadn't had any other children. And they didn't want to raise her over in the... Uh, mission field without any playmates. So they asked my parents if I could go with them for five years. Wow. And my folks said, yes, go ahead, take her. And my grandmother on my dad's side had a fit. And she said, well, if you don't want her, I do. So I went to live with my grandmother for about a year. And during that year that I was there, she taught me about Jesus. I had never heard about Jesus. She took me to Sabbath school. And I remember them saying, anybody have a favorite song? And I was very musical even then. And I raised my hand. I said, I want to sing, You Are My Sunshine. Well, that's not really a Sabbath song, but I didn't know. And they said, well, we don't know that one. And I said, I'll sing it for you. And I started singing it. My grandma turned a little bit embarrassed and took me home and taught me Jesus loves me and a few more things like that. Yeah. And so I learned about Jesus there at my grandma's house and she was also a retired school teacher so she taught me first and second grades while I was there and I was I was really eager to learn so it came easily to me I never wanted to leave my grandma when I when it was time for me to go back home I just didn't I cried and cried I didn't want to go home I wanted to stay with my grandma forever but I had to go home so I went home 
And I said to my mom and dad, but I want to go to Sabbath school. You need to take me to Sabbath school. So for a while, they took me and my sister to Sabbath school and then picked us up after Sabbath school. And then pretty soon that got too much work, so they just stayed for Sabbath school. And then pretty soon they started staying for church. Oh, wow. And then pretty soon they just started going to church. And, wow. Uh, and then they put us in church school. Um, and my mom was able to be the treasurer of the school, school so that that would help pay for our tuition. So that worked out. And then, um, so I went there all, all of my grades until eighth until grade. Until you never went to the mission field with your cousin then? I never no, did. Didn't. And then at 10 years of age, uh, I went back to spend a summer with my grandma. And she came to visit at that time. It was the furlough. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to play with her. And I didn't like her. Oh, <laughs> I oh, know because she was cheating. She would move the pickup sticks and say she didn't move them. Oh but no! I saw them move, <laughs> and I didn't like that. No, <laughs> and I saw right then that I would not have been happy for five years with her. No. Now that's not to say she's not a nice girl to this day. Yeah. But at that point, that's what my mind went. Yeah. So then um, it came about. Uh, I was graduating from eighth grade. And my sister went to Upper Columbia Academy because we were living in Spokane, Washington. Mm -hmm. But my mom did not want us to go to the same academy. Oh. And my grandma lived in Missouri, so she sent me to Missouri to Sunnydale Academy. Oh, wow. Which is 2,000-some-odd miles away. Yeah, for high but school. And that's... I was 13, <clears throat> wow. and uh, I got on the train alone with all my stuff, and I went to Sunnydale. Oh, my. And... Uh, yeah, I had quite the experience there, but the girl of the dean of girls was so much like the mother to me that I needed hmm. that I just we just bonded. And to this day, if I am, remind Bob of anybody, it would be of my girls dean rather than my parents. You're just like her. That's Aww. the missing link, and I think I used her as a role model. To, to want to think and act like she, anyway. Oh, that's cool. So God used so, it as a blessing, oh, even though you had to go. He did use it as a blessing, uh, very much so. So that kind of set the tenor of my life. I remember, because I was so far away from home, not having mom and dad, I remember that Jesus was very close to me at that time. I, I think that's when my personal relationship with him got strong. Because I would be reading my Sabbath school lesson and, the, and some of the girls would make fun of me because I was reading my Bible and my Sabbath school lesson. But I knew that Jesus wasn't making fun of me. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, in every situation you go to, you have girls that like you and girls that don't. And some are this way and some are that. And he just helped me through mm -hmm. all those different times. And so then I, <clears throat> I went on to... Uh, Union College for my first two years of pre-physical therapy, and then I went on to Loma Linda to finish my physical therapy. That's when I met and married Bob, and um, I can remember, again, just praying that God would lead me to the right person, and I'd, I had um, given that choice to him because I didn't feel like I knew, I, I dated a lot of different ones, and I sh I could sure see differences as I dated longer 
that their true colors kind of came out. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, not you, uh, not you, um, not you. <laughs> and, and so then I was thinking, okay, but God gives me the wisdom to, to see these things. So I, I turned my life over to him. And when he found Bob, I didn't recognize it at first because mm. I wasn't looking. But, but when he finally came around and I realized, Hey, Doris, you've been asking God, and he's, he's, he's shoving it in your face. Can't you see this? <laughs> this, this is the one. And I was like, oh, okay. <clears throat> so, But then my relationship with God grew even more after marriage because of the way that he was so good to answer the needs that I had. And uh, I remember this one time when we were building a house we took out the loan and we were all figured, we figured our monthly payments and we were all going to make it fine. Um, and then, but I didn't realize that during the five months that it takes to build the house that you have to make payments. Oh no. I didn't realize that. And now we have to make our rent payment too. And we didn't have enough. Oh no. We absolutely didn't have enough. And I didn't know what we were going to do. And we just cut back on every single thing we could possibly. And we were still about $50 a month short. And I didn't know what we were going to do, but I prayed about it. And uh, the first month, I had a, I was out of everything, and I had a grocery list, yay long. And there was, because we had cut back on everything, there really wasn't any money to do anything. The next day, the girl from next door came over and knocked on my door, and she said, I get a lot of surplus food from welfare, and I just don't even like it, can't use it. I thought, maybe you might be able to. And I... I was in my mentally was checking off everything on my list except potatoes. And that oh, same wow. day, a gal from church came and knocked on my door. And she says, my trunk is full of t- potatoes that are going to sprout. Can you use any? Oh, my goodness. And, and then she gave me some chocolate chip cookies as well. And I oh, thought, my goodness. Oh, the Lord said our bread and water would be sure, but he didn't say anything about potatoes <laughs> and chocolate chip cookies. And, yeah. You know. If our cup runneth over, it's so, full and continues. Anyway, yeah. even the peanut butter was the right kind of peanut butter that oh, we used. Wow. I just couldn't believe it. That's why they didn't like it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was oh my the goodness. good kind. It was the good kind. That's so, crazy. You know, God, would, so that was the first month. So I was thrilled. And I said, God, you know what you're doing. So what's going to happen the next month? So the next month, my father has never done this, and he knew nothing about our plight, but he sent me a check for $50. Never sent me one before or after. Oh, wow. And I didn't tell him because I thought then he'd feel obligated. Mm. But at that point, $50 was just enough for a budget for us. just what you needed. Wow. So then, this is many years ago. Yeah. then, Then the next month, nobody can believe this, but it's really happened. The car insurance called me, and they said, there has been a mistake, and your car has not been insured for the last six months, and we're refunding the premium of $100 to you. Oh, my goodness. Now, you know, we had sent the money. We were in in compliance, and had we had an accident, they would have had to pay. Yeah. But nobody's ever heard after the fact of them refunding the money. Wow. But they did. Yeah. Because you you know, they just want to keep it. So that took care of two months because it's a hundred. So I only had one month to go and then we were in the house. Mm -hmm. So 
I was pregnant, and uh, that was the month I was actually going to deliver, or close to it. And so the OBGYN doctor sent me a check for $50 and said, you've overpaid. Well, I hadn't, but oh, somehow they figured that I had, so they sent me $50. Wow. And just as miraculously, it stopped when we didn't need it. So I knew that was God. That is. I knew that. And then my daughter had a situation that happened that we knew was an answer to prayer. And that was, she has... She had endometriosis in her ovaries, and she couldn't get pregnant with that. Mm. And but it's a simple surgery. Go in, then you remove the endometriosis. It does come back, but you you can get pregnant for the meantime. It was about a ten thousand dollars surgery. Oh wow! But her 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 insurance wouldn't cover it because they felt that a hysterectomy was the thing to do because then it wouldn't come back. Mm. And well, she didn't want a hysterectomy. She wanted children. Yeah. She was in childbearing years. Aww. And so she said, Mom, I don't know what to do. And in my heart of being mom, you know what I'm thinking. Well, then we'll pay for it. You're going to have your children. You're going to have your surgery. So I made a deal with the Lord in the way I said, Lord, if you can see a way that we could use this $10,000 better than to pay for the surgery, then help the insurance to pay. But if you don't, that's okay. We're going to pay. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> so she appealed three different times to her insurance company. Oh, wow. And first time they said no, second time they said no, and the third time I'm, I'm, I'm kind of talking to the Lord, well, this is, this is the last time. <laughs> and so she called and she said, no, they said unequivocally no. They won't. Wow. So I can remember going home. I had about a half hour drive home and I remember talking to the Lord. So you didn't think I had a better way to spend that? <laughs> That's okay, but yeah. I'm just trying to figure it out. And then the phone rang. It was my daughter again. She says, you won't believe this, but I just got another call from them. And they said they're going to, they made a mistake. They're going to cover the whole <gasps> thing. Not even, I don't even have a copay or nothing. Oh they're going to take care of the whole thing. And I said, Wow! Oh my goodness! So the God was just kind of, kind of testing me, maybe. Yeah. But but anyway, I was so thrilled. I had even called the Oregon State Insurance uh, man to see, don't you have a way to make these insurance pay for something that's, you can see that she can't have a hysterectomy not now. You can. Yeah. They says no. I have fifty two other women in the same boat. Know that oh, she's wow. got the worst insurance. That one will not be reasoned with. Wow. And so when. It somehow the word got back to him that my I had gotten this insurance to pay. So he's calling me and he says, "So what'd you do to get him to pay? Because I have fifty-two <laughs> other women." That, and I said, "I prayed." I know, but what did you really do? And I said the second time, "I prayed." And the third time, he says, "Now look, I know you have good contacts and so forth. Just tell me what did you do?" Oh wow! And I said for the third time, "I prayed," wow. and God heard my prayer clunk. <laughs> so, so he hung up. Well, okay, that's that's his 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 deal, but I knew it was the Lord. Yep. And I was so thankful. I didn't have to do this, but I decided to give a, a tenth of that ten thousand or a thousand as a thank offering. Aww. You know? And so I did and that summer is the only summer my Himalayan cat had eight kittens. <gasps> Not four. Whoa. And by the time the dust all settled and they were sold, I pocketed $1,000. Oh, my goodness. So I said to the Lord, you are so, 
You are so loving. You cannot be, you cannot outgive you. I give and you give back, and I give and you give back. It's so amazing. It is. So I knew then that, that our relationship was such. He knew that, that that spoke to me, volumes. And so, and then there's one more time, had nothing to do with money. But um, I was to play the organ at my roommate's wedding in mm-hmm. San Francisco. We were in Spokane. We had the three children by then, and it was um, Christmas. And so we were getting on the plane to go to San Francisco. I had all my stuff in my suitcase. I had checked my suitcase. I was ready to get on board. And the fog comes in. Every now and then, Spokane Airport can get fogged in. And it, this is one of those times it was nobody's flying. Nobody's coming in and oh, nobody's wow. going out. It's foggy. Well, I had a change of planes in Denver. And so I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And But I had a good, I thought, a good amount of time. But that was fast getting clipped away. And pretty soon it was just like nip and tuck if we were even going to make it. Oh, wow. And so finally the fog lifted. He said, get on board your you're going to have to run for it if you even make it. And he said, there's no way that your suitcases will make it. Well, my music was in my suitcase, (gasps) and I can't play without music. (laughs) And I had a real problem, so we're really praying about that. So we get to Denver, and, you know, you've got three kids, and one's in arms, one is barely toddling. (laughs) And and the four-year-old I took with me, Bob took the two smaller ones, and the four-year-old and I just ran for it. And Denver is long. You go down this way, and you go through the subway and all, you know. I finally ran up the gate, and the gate had just closed. Oh, no. And I said, you got to open it. We're go- we got a wedding to go to. You've got... And so she, she opened it. Uh-huh. And I says, my husband's coming. Don't shut it before he gets oh, here. No. And so she kept it open. We just barely whew, sat in the seat, and the seat light, the belts come on, and the thing taxied. I mean, it was just that fast, wasn't it? We had, we had barely sat down, and the thing is taxiing. They were waiting just for us. So oh. we were into the flight about 20 minutes, and over the loudspeaker came the thing. For those of you who got on in Spokane, your luggage is aboard. <gasps> and we just started bawling. Oh, my goodness. Because we realized that he even cared about my music. Oh, my goodness, he I, did. I, and I, I knew what a personal God he was, how, how much he cared, how much. I mean, there's just some things... You can't explain any other way. You can't. It wasn't coincidence. No. It just absolutely was not. There are just so many times when he was just right there so much for us all. I was so impressed. Uh, so I would say my relationship to God has strengthened. And we, we every time we study with somebody and we see them give their heart to the Lord, it just strengthens it all the more. We just had yesterday one of our people we'd studied with for four years gave his heart to the Lord and oh, joined the church. God. So you just sow beside all waters. You don't know what the person's going to decide. But I think about how God is to us. And he's so patient. And he doesn't argue with us. He just lets us have our own way until our way shows that it's not the right way. And then he, he always accepts us back with open arms. He always does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> so, and, um, so I, 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 I think about that a lot when we're studying with somebody that doesn't see things the way we do. We're very, very patient, and we very much, we never argue by anything. We just say, 
well, you know, the Bible says, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how Jesus answered even the devil. That's it is true. written. That's you know, true. And that's not really an argument. It's just a statement. Mm-hmm. And usually that doesn't make them angry. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, so um, anyway, it helps a lot. That's a good point. Yeah. Because you're not trying to tell them, well, you're wrong. You're just saying this is a different, it's the other way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all through our life, we've had we've had things like that that just cemented our relationship with God. Oh, well, you have time for one more story if you want to share one more. Another story? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, I'll tell the story about our our car. We didn't understand much about vehicles, and so if the guide said it needs this, well, it needs that. Well, that's fine. <laughs> So we were on our way to Spokane to see my brother, and we lived in Santa Cruz. And there's some some mountains that you go through and so forth. Well, before we left, they said something about you are a little low on brake fluid. So, okay, yep, brake fluid like you add oil or whatever, and yeah. you go. Well, <clears throat> we just, we knew you had to push a little bit hard on the brake thing, but it, it would always stop. So we got to my brother's house. And we told him, and he says, well, let me get the car up on the hoist and let's see. And he came back, and his face was just as white as a sheet. And he said, there is no way you got here except that there was four angels, one at each wheel, stopping you. There is not a drop of fluid in your master cylinder. There's, there's, there's no reason why your brakes even worked at all. And you were going down this hill and going down this hill and everything. Oh, wow. And he said, he said you don't just add brake fluid. He said, if, if the brake fluid's low, there's something's wrong. <laughs> well, I didn't know. And, but I had been praying for my brother. Mm-hmm. And God knew what it would take for my brother to, oh, wow. to realize this was him. My brother realized this wow. was God. I know, because we never know what's going to show to pe- other people that, you know, that God is real or that he's working. Mm-hmm. But God knows, and he knows that no brake fluid definitely mm-hmm. shows a mechanic. Yeah. So he knew, and he used that, and my brother, to the day he died, believed in prayer and answered prayer. Oh, that's so, so awesome. Well, do you, want to have, do you have any final thoughts you want to share with the listeners? Well, just that if you ask, God will come to you in your own special way, in your own special needs. He will meet them. He will. It's so awesome. And the power of prayer, the more you pray, the more you can see that God will work, and mm-hmm. He does answer. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. And He works with us all slightly differently. Yes. It's yes. beautiful. All right. Well, thank you so mm-hmm. much for sharing. You're so welcome. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page. That is God is Real, God is Good podcast. Or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good podcast at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.